From WXXI and the Little Theater, this is Movies in a Microphone. I'm your host, Scott Pukas, and today's episode is award-worthy. 2020 Oscar nominations are out. We'll discuss, predict, and hand out our own awards. Joining us today, City Newspaper film critic and writer slash Rocketeer superfan Adam Lubito. Oh, Welcome back. That. Yes. That's your you official title. that every time. Yes, I'm all for that. <laughs> I probably won't do it every time just because I'll, I'll forget, but it's fine. <laughs> also joining us, photographer, movie mega fan, nice. and esteemed letterbox user, Jackie McGriff. <laughs> yeah, thank you for introducing that to me, guys. I don't have a life anymore. Um, yeah. Finally, and I'm excited uh, to announce this one, we have Matt DeTurk, ready for this? The Events and Special Programming Coordinator at the Little Theater. Matt, this is uh, is so exciting to have you on board, and I feel a little embarrassed because the last time you were on, this was not even a position that was open, (laughs) and the person left their job. We went through the entire application process. You interviewed and now have been working this job for a week. So a lot has happened between uh, episodes. It, it has been quite the ride between podcasts, yes. But, you know, we're we're in a new place. We're in a happy place. Happy to be here, Scott. Your, your first task is obviously to write a little theme song, which the last podcast you got off to a good start. So Ooh, you just, okay. just have to finish that. Okay, I'll just keep thinking about it. Be like, off the top of my head, I'm going to have to be like, little theater, come on down. I mean, I love it. I think, I think it's. A, I think you just found it. We're done. Okay. And right away, we're great job, everyone. <laughs> anyway, that's we're done. done. That's, that's right. the podcast. See you next time. All right. Well, so obviously we're gonna we're gonna be talking about the Oscars, uh, and we're doing it a little differently. Instead of lamenting all the things that are snubbed, uh, we're aiming to discuss our favorites. So while the Academy ignored Lulu Wong, Greta Gerwig, uh, every female director, again we had diversity issues. Uh, we won't be discussing that. We'll be talking our favorites, which include all these things, uh, which I think were ignored by the Oscars. Uh, so my first question involves one of my favorite custom categories. And I think listeners who have listened to any of our Oscar podcasts may know what's coming. Best comedy Oscar. Uh, so my opinion, I'm handing out the best comedy Oscar to Booksmart. So agree, disagree. Is that the best comedy? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I put it on my best of the year. So no disagreement. Um, it passes. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Olivia Wilde listened to the podcast, so congratulations. Um, you can pick up your award here in Rochester. Just stop by. We'll scream book smart. It's fine. <laughs> Which another person ignored for best directors. I feel comedy directors yeah. do not get any yeah. love. Absolutely. That's a shame. It's hard to get that pacing and timing down. Like It's super difficult, but... No love. I feel like Edgar Wright has deserved it, like yes, for so long. Absolutely. As far as comedies, like and like, normally I don't I don't watch a lot of comedy because, but when I do, like usually it's like the witty comedy, the timing. I mean his timing, all their timing really, because it's not just Edgar Wright, but it's those actors. So I think they're all. Brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and Baby Driver is all oh about the gosh, timing. Like yes. that literally is a movie that exists purely for its timing. So yeah. And Scott Pilgrim is iconic. Oh, my that's, gosh. Those yes. are my favorites of the decade. Yes. <laughs> so Edgar Wright, who did not direct something this year, we're considering... He's got a movie this year, so oh, maybe we'll oh, see right. him this coming next year. Oh, I forgot. I forgot what year we were in. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, what movie is, is coming out? I was trying, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Last Night in Soho is the name of the movie. Mm. All right, I'm um, saying coming it. Coming out in end of September of about. 2020. Oh, so long. That's breaking news. They just did <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. No one else knew that. <laughs> 
<laughs> except for us. That's awesome. So, okay, but the first one we do is another made-up Oscar category here. Uh, underrated film of the year. So what do you feel was underrated by the general film-going public, the Academy, anything? What's underrated? Who wants to start? Who's in? Jackie, you, you look yes. like you had an answer. We're uh, starting yeah. with you. Yeah, you, you already know. Um, <laughs> Peanut Butter Falcon. I'm just going to throw that one out there because I did see this one at the Little. Um, and I remember going in and, you know, like you, you watch a trailer, you're like, okay, you know, this, this looks interesting and everything. And it's got an interesting premise and everything like that. And I've always been a fan of Shia LaBeouf. I think people kind of like, it, I think his personal life has like overshadowed his like professional life um and then it's kind of seeped in there to there too so but i think he's a great actor but even with him i think he's more of like a more of like a supporting actor in or at least a supporting role because the main character i mean he just steals the show like in every single Zach scene. Sagan. Yes, yes. Like I enjoyed I really enjoyed his performance. It's a very heartfelt story. You really feel for the characters. I felt like this would have been right up the Oscars alley, but yet it's nowhere to be seen. And I feel like it's this movie that people kind of forget about. Um I was talking about this other movie that I constantly think about that I feel everyone's forgotten about. Um and it's called um I know, I've just forgotten the title. Oh, no. It starts with Midnight. It starts with Midnight. It's midnight Special? Yes, thank you. I knew it. I was like, I knew it. I'm That's surrounded by phone. movie nerds. You, you tweeted Someone's about it to... the other day. Yes, yeah. I tweeted about it, and I think about that movie often, and it's so well done. Again, Joel Edgerton, Michael Shannon, Adam Driver makes an appearance, um, and little kid's name, who now I can't remember, but he's in Knives Out. Um, as like the oh, little yeah, I know, oh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. yeah. he's the MAGA guy. Yes, in, yes, in exactly, right. the MAGA yeah. guy. Um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful film. Um, and it's just one that I think about all the time, and I'm just like, why did this not get recognition? So, to answer your question, Peanut Butter Falcon would be my underrated. <laughs> just to go back, because I'm like, I'm no, gonna no, go. That's good because I was just, I know, I was gonna say Midnight Specials on that list of things. Like, yes. I literally mentioned at some point in the last year where I was like, I've never seen it. I always wanted to, mm-hmm. but occasionally I even think about it. I was yeah. like, that movie like, that I wanted to see and I missed. Very, so. It's a winner of the Jackies. It is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Like, dang it. Like, give it its recognition. I become a famous filmmaker. I'm just going to mention it, like, just randomly. You guys should really see this movie called, uh, and again, I keep forgetting this, this title, which is not helping the situation. You should see this movie that I don't Midnight know Special. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because I keep wanting to say, like, Midnight Cowboy, Midnight Run, like, all these other times. I'm like, no, that's not that's not it. So, yeah. By the way, I'm glad I have you now recorded saying I saw this at the Little because now every time you say you saw a movie at Pittsburgh, I'm just going to go in there in the audio and dub it over. <laughs> Oh, I got man. it now. I got that audio. You're it's welcome. Done. She loved Avengers Endgame. She saw it at the Little. What? Yeah. <laughs> that sounded like it was edited. Special, in. special showing. Yes. We're talking about scores and that one. There you go. Oh, that, yes. There you go. Sylvester, man. Yeah. Like, so good. So. All right. We got to get off this topic. <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're back. But I agree with you on the, on the Jackies here. Peanut Butter Falcon. I love Zach Gottsagen. I thought was a breakout star. Mm-hmm. He was awesome in that. Yeah. Um, I think it was a feel-good movie, and that's why the Oscars don't, like, a lot of feel-good movies, yeah. I don't think it recogni- recognition. Yeah. And, but it's okay. You feel good after it. You laugh. Exactly. You cry. Yeah, I did, cry. I did cry. I did cry. It was a good year for Shia LaBeouf, too, because mm-hmm. I also enjoyed Honey Boy. Mm, that's um, one I so need to see. they had two chances to recognize him, because I think both of his performances are worthy. 
Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of Honey Boy. Mm. And you mentioned his, his childhood and all that stuff, which yeah, is covered in Honey Boy. Right. Um, well, it's not quite. I mean, it's a fictional character, but but right. it's it's very heavily but influenced by But I believe it came out life. of his, like, his, his therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the structure of the film, too. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely reckon, uh, re- recommend Honey Boy, which is uh, another underrated one. Speaking of uh, which... Who's who's next here? I think I think it's you, Adam, because Matt looks like he was still looking something up. <laughs> Real fast, just quick. <laughs> click, click, we do have visual on this one. This one is actually going to be uh, on TV too, streaming and <laughs> cameras. Cameras are everywhere in this room. We came in and they were uh, adding an LED light in this in our recording studio here, but it was actually cameras. And the cameras. <laughs> You're being watched. Anyway, Adam, go ahead. Um, I'm going to go with a film called Fast Color. Um, which actually, if you enjoyed Midnight Special, it is kind of similar in tone and subject matter. Um, it was a kind of a kind of a low key superhero story mm-hmm. um, with Gugu Mbathu Ra as a woman on the run, um, and she has superhuman abilities that people, the government, mm-hmm. and unruly scientists want to get a hold of her and do tests um but it's also a story about family she kind of as she's on the run she goes back home to to her her mother um and it's kind of about the the generations of that family and their shared abilities and it was super underrated i don't think it even played theatrically in rochester anywhere mm-hmm. which was a bummer um and i hope people discover it because it was awesome and I love Gugu Mbathura, mm-hmm. and I love to say her name. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bummer. And I, that was one I wanted to play at the little. And again, we were down to, to four screens, which uh, which always stinks, and we weren't able to get it. Uh, but for people who missed it, it, it is streaming, I believe, on both Hulu and Amazon. I think so, yeah. Uh, so there are streaming options. Um, that's a good pick. That, that was actually one I haven't seen that's on my letterboxed yeah. must-watch of the year. And uh, yeah, again, not having a theatrical release in Rochester, I, I think, hurt, but... But there's still a chance to catch up and, and get the, we call it the, the 2019 Midnight Special. <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank you. Now I will forever remember that title. Okay. All right. <laughs> so now we're all curious, what wins the, the is it the Mats or the Matthews? For the, What do you think I feel better? like it's more prestigious to call it the Matthews. Yes. So what like wins the Matthew? The Matty D's. Oh, that's my uh, nice. DJ name. So. <laughs> there could be some overlap there. I suppose that's fair. Um, I don't know if it would win like my like, top film of the year that no one saw but i feel like when we're talking underrated i feel like it's also one of those cases where it's what for you connected with you and like i don't know something just like played to your interests and weirdly i really liked long shot the comedy with Charlize theron and seth rogan which i feel like no one saw and i feel like was marketed just as like either A, any other comedy, like generically speaking, or B, I feel like a lot of people were like, ugh, another Seth Rogen movie. I don't know. Like, even though I think he's done such a varied career and has done such varied stuff, I feel like, especially because we recently saw what the DVD cover looked like for it, and it looked, sorry to say this, but like an an Adam Sandler comedy, like just super generic. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch, Sorry, Adam Sandler, in your year of uncut gems. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, But I just... For me personally, I thought that its script was way wittier um, than it had any right to be about, you know, he being a journalist and becoming a scriptwriter for her as a politician um, and working on her campaign. And then also about them falling in love. And it, it deals a lot with, like, what the different, like, 
unfairnesses for, you know, like their like gendered body issues and then what people expect of people and, you know, class levels and stuff like that. Um, but also it's the director, Jonathan Levine, like his sense of direction and comedic timing, as we were mentioning earlier, just works for me. Uh, he did The Night Before, which is like my favorite <laughs> underrated, uh, underrated Christmas film. Like, which I think is great. So this has become a very serious, I'm so sorry, like, <laughs> p- like pitch for a long shot. Which Are I you just... saying it's a best comedy contender, too? Or? I, personally, say, yes. I would put it as a contender. It was my runner-up. I debated saying, no, I would put it in long <laughs> shot. But no, I love Booksmart too much. That's, but but long shot was great. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's great. Oh, well, it's sh- funny you were saying about, because I, I kind of, I, that's one of the reasons I haven't seen it. And actually, someone, one of my friends uh, gave me the Blu-ray to borrow, like, you should watch it. And it's just been sitting on my shelf. And it is like the look of it. It looks like a yeah. generic comedy. I'm Absolutely. like, oh, I'll check it out sometime. And like, oh, that's longer than a comedy. Maybe I'll, so it's like two two hours plus. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like over, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely marketed as like a, a, a you know another comedy, and plus like, sorry, but when Seth Rogen is in something, I'm like no, because his the only thing that I just can't stand about him like is his laugh, like whenever his oh, laugh, he, he oh, does laugh. I cannot. I start. To, I'm sorry. I, he can't help this, but I I start. I'm to dubbing cringe. that laugh in right here. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, I can't listen to the podcast. Um, yeah. Because every time he laughs, I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't. Like, I really loved 50 50. Mm-hmm. But same, same director. Right. But I'm like, um, no, Seth, I can't handle your laugh. So I don't know. I might just have to, like, cringe my way through. <laughs> through you know, his Seth laugh. Rogen listens to the podcast. Totally. Right? And I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but I can't. He, he, he's probably laughing about it right now. So. <laughs> So my underrated film, I have to mention a couple of docs here. Uh, if I don't mention any documentaries, then uh, Linda Maroney yep. will not be happy with me. Our one-take coordinator. <laughs> the um, specter of her is in the corner. <laughs> not deceased, but the oh. specter <laughs> of her. It's just her spirit we've summoned through the Ouija board of the XXI table. Hi, Linda. Here. Well, anyway, so <laughs> Sorry, although I don't mention it just because of that. I mean, generally, I think uh, some of these movies – are, were very underrated, um, and one was so underrated that I, I'm mad at myself because I I forgot to put it on my top favorite little movies of the year list because it was in February and and just my brain didn't go back that far. Uh, which is Bathtubs Over Broadway, which was one of our one take uh, films, which has one of the catchiest songs of the year, um, which is about bathrooms and toilets. One of my favorite topics, obviously. Uh, it just is, is funny. Uh, it flowed really well. It had an interesting topic. Um, and again, that was one of our one-take ones, which you can see monthly at The Little. Uh, the other one screened at our one-take film festival, and that was Hail Satan. Uh, uh, I think Penny Lane, who directed it, another person who could be up for Best Director. You never see directors of documentaries up for a Best Director award, which is kind of a shame yeah. because that's a hard skill to have. I mean, that's really – you need a storytelling skill uh, to, to do a documentary as much as a narrative. Um, you know, there's there's a real challenge to that. Um, and with Hal Satan, uh, she took a look at something that I didn't know a lot about, which is Satanist, um, which, again, you, you may be picturing someone worshiping the devil. And, and during our screen, we handed out little devil horns and had fun with it. Uh, but it's a lot different. They're really just trolling uh, people who are hypocrites and, and people who, I think, use... Um, 
their religion to just have some really horrible worldviews. Um, so they're really just calling those people out, which I think m- most people agree with. Um, and the movie was done in a, in a very funny way, too. It was, it was one of the funniest movies. So It was really impressive. Like, I thought it was one heck of a doc. Yeah. So, so Hell Satan by Penny Lane, Bathtubs Over Broadway, both I re- recommend underrated films of the year. Uh, next category here is one that is an Oscar, although you don't have to give it to a nominated one. You could nominate your own, and that is Best Script. And we're, we're talking about script. You could do original. You could do adapted. You could do one that you just wrote at home that you're hoping to get picked up by the <laughs> producers who listen to the podcast. Whatever you would like. Uh, we'll start with you this time, Matt. Um, My initial pick, honestly, is... I feel like I'm almost copping out by picking something that's actually Oscar nominated, but my yeah. initial pick is Knives Out. Like, it's <laughs> 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 also one of mine. <laughs> I just uh, Knives Out for me was a film that you went in expecting Agatha Christie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it gave you a modern twist on that. But its script is so good that it found new ways to subvert yeah. those tropes and still be satisfying within those tropes. Ah, just, ah, it's so, <laughs> it's so impressive. Like, yeah, that was, that was going to be my pick too. Cause yeah, it's just super witter, witter, <laughs> <laughs> witty and clever, <laughs> AKA witter. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, I was so happy that that got nominated. It was one of the things that I was, I was like, yes, they actually got something right. And so, yeah, I was super happy to see it get recognized. I'm waiting for the Blu-ray cover to say, quote, it's winner. <laughs> Adam Lumito, City Newspaper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Knives Out was one of my favorite scripts of the year, mm-hmm. too. It's just, I, I think, what all the reasons you guys said. And yeah. if you haven't seen it, I, I would highly recommend that. And I think there's a real power, too, to have a movie that you highly enjoy the first time mm-hmm. but also you want to see a second time yeah. and you know you're going to catch more mm-hmm. and that is a good script that is hard to do to put all those pieces in place that you probably don't even notice the first time and then you go back and you're like oh i see what you did there that was clever Absolutely. ryan johnson listens he has actually tweeted at me and i know i mentioned this in oh the podcast my God. before because that's one of my favorite directors no he's awesome like I'm star like, wars movie please was awesome mentor me please mentor me man brick is awesome yes the star wars movie brick, is awesome oh. looper is amazing yes oh. Yeah. So Ryan good. Johnson, come on the podcast. Seriously, here. seriously. We're ready for you. <laughs> so you can watch Jackie pass out. Um, <laughs> um that yeah. Seriously. You can watch because we have the cameras now. Yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> God. um okay. So I I really did love Knives Out. Um, though another screenplay was actually like just a little bit above that. And again, I also feel like I'm kind of copping out here because it was actually nominated, but Little Women. Mm-hmm. Um mainly because um, now I must admit, so I haven't, I haven't seen, I hadn't seen any of the other adaptations, um, and I hadn't read the book, so I was like coming in fresh, not really knowing, you know, anything about the story. Um, but there was a line in there that just like stuck with me, and it's, and I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. Um, but there's a line that Saoirse Ronan's character Joe, um, that she says. Um, to her mother just about like the difference between like being lonely and just wanting companionship not necessarily to be in a romantic relationship but just to have companionship and that line like just hit me so hard like I I've been thinking about it ever since and I saw it like I think I saw it we saw it on Christmas um 
my family and I, and that's just stuck with me. And so to be able to take that and then to relate that story that was, you know, written so many years ago to have it, to also relate it to now. And I felt like that line especially would just like hit home for me. So for personal reasons, like that one, just on that line alone. And then like other stuff, other, other things that she, Greta Gerwig, they did with the movie and the, the, the writing and everything I just thought was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, so it would be Little Women and then very like almost like right next to that would be Knives Out for me. Yeah. Oh, I agree with all of those. And Little Women, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, think yeah, is yeah. one just because it, maybe you're, if you're thinking of adapted screenplay, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this has been done before, but mm-hmm. she did it in mm-hmm. such a fresh way. And yeah. I'm not super familiar with the source material either, but you could just tell. Mm-hmm. tell it was done in in a new uh mm-hmm. unique way and it was funny yeah. it had heart um i i really enjoyed that the uh, a couple other scripts i want to give a shout out to uh one is parasite yeah. um, which is an amazing script mm-hmm. uh i won't go too much into it as i think we'll probably be talking about this one a little <laughs> later uh and the other script is us um which oh, i gosh. think is I some a movie Oh. I know it's one of those. Oh, like no, I it's missed fine. it. No, it's fine. I just was like, "Whoa, wow!" Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Matt just saw The Shining for the first time, so it's okay. I did. I'm not allowed to judge anyone. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone has their movie blind spots. Oh, There's nothing wrong with oh, that, yeah. especially a movie that came out just in March. Oh, uh, you didn't see that? It's within like 12 months from now. Dare you, Jackie? I thought you'd seen every movie. Uh, but I, I thought that was such a challenge for Jordan Peele. Get Out was one of my favorite movies of the mm-hmm. decade, perhaps yeah. my favorite movie of the decade. Uh, that's a high bar to follow up, <laughs> obviously. And I, I just love us. I thought it was like a twisted adult version of like a Goosebumps book. Okay. Kind of oh my gosh! Me of. What so a great a, description. Yeah, no, that's a great pitch <laughs> with a twist awesome. and and just the. It's like, how does your one's mind come up with this? I don't know, but I love Jordan's it. Jordan's brilliant. Yeah. Obviously. No, he, he's a genius. <laughs> I, I really, I enjoyed that movie a lot. It was one that had me talking about it. And I know mm. s- some people didn't like it. Some people didn't like some of the twist in it. Um, but for me, it just worked. I, you know, I didn't see any of it coming. I, I heard some co- uh, comments that maybe uh, some of the, the twists uh, are predictable. Uh, to me, it wasn't. I just, I thought, I thought everything was uh, just so fresh and engaging. And again, it just, it gave me that sensation when I was a child, I got into reading with, with RL Science Goosebumps books. And it gave me that feeling where you just hear kind of like just in awe of the, the storytelling and, and you don't quite know what's going to happen next. So I thought that script was good. And, um, and that movie was overlooked in the Oscars too, I think maybe it was because it was a March release, but again, great acting, great script. Um, you know, not, not to the level of Get Out, but that's okay. That doesn't make it. I mean, it's still a fantastic movie. I, I also, with that, I feel like Us has so much stuff going on in it that I don't, I'm not familiar with. Like the whole holding hands across the nation Throw thing. Hands across America. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> like, like I was like not familiar with that from like the 80s campaigns that it references. This isn't a spoiler. It's just, no worries. it's just like a, a thematic <laughs> element in it. And like, it made me go research far more about that and other, let's call it settings that it takes place, which I thought were really interesting, which I knew nothing about. So yeah, and I went to a we went down to me and my girlfriend a rabbit hole of different um, theories on the movie. Mm-hmm. One which uh, Meg agrees with, and I do not. Uh, but it's just any, I think any movie that kind of spawns that kind of comment is yeah is interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very curious to hear Jackie's. Uh, uh, <laughs> thoughts on it once you see it we'll have a screening of it after after the podcast we'll just project it here in the booth and and we'll go from there (laughs) all right well i guess our national uh our natural progression is to go from script to director so best director 
Um, who did I not start with? Did I not start with you, Adam? We'll go with you first here. Oh. Oh, did, oh. I, did you get yeah. like called on in classroom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're, like, I was you're not prepared, and now you're like, oh, no. Um, I think my pick um, would be Marielle Heller for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood because I just I just loved that movie, and it was so not the movie I expected and was even better than what I went in thinking I was going to get. And I thought it was just so well-directed and so many smart things um, about the way she made the movie kind of – it's because it was kind of pitched as like a biopic of, of Mr. Rogers, but it just kind of became a story that embodied his worldview instead of being about his life. And I just love that about it so much. And also the little touches, like the the establishing shots being like the little puppet world um, that, from the show um, to establish any, any outdoor settings, just little touches like that I thought were so smart and made me fall in love with it. So I was sad that she has not been getting the recognition she deserves because she's great. <laughs> now, Marielle Heller is a superstar. Like, you look at her last uh, few films, I mean, it was Can You Ever Forgive Me just last year uh, with Melissa McCarthy. That was, you know, that at least got um, Oscar buzz for the acting. But part of the acting is you need a good director. <laughs> so how is Marielle Heller not getting recognized? And then uh, Diary of a Teenage Daughter was her other film, uh, both both of which played at the Little. Both are awesome. So I'm excited yeah. to see what she does next. Uh, any other thoughts here, Best Director? Um, okay, so for this one, I'm going to go actually with Jojo Rabbit. So upon like seeing the trailer... It's one of those I'm watching and I'm like, I can't believe that this is the subject matter. Holy crap. Like, and I get that it's a satire, but I'm like, okay, so how, how is this going to work? So obviously I have to see it. So like watching this film, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I'm frozen. Like I'm watching this movie and the way that he like because it's a satire so you have comedic moments but then because of the subject matter because it's you know set in nazi germany and we're focusing on the nazis like there's a way that he directs the film in order to have those comedic moments and kind of poke fun at it but at the same time like when it's serious it's serious and so to be able to like make a film where it's number one a very difficult i feel it, it's a very difficult subject matter like i i can't imagine like so many directors being able to handle something like that but he did it with just like like such grace such like it was it was masterfully done i i i feel and like i'm watching that movie and i've been ever since I've watched it like I've been recommended to everybody because you know it's not just that but it's also the messages that are coming across in that movie and you know just about hate and love and and just uh, yeah it was it was an amazing film to me it's one of my favorites from last year and I just I just feel like he did an incredible job with it um Mm -hmm. yeah so that's my vote, Jojo Rabbit. No, I agree. That was one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of the year, too. The director, uh, Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. am I saying? I don't know if that's, I think that's. No, I was afraid to say it. So I was like, Scott's yeah. got it. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I've loved all of his films. And again, that that is such a hard uh, subject matter, to, mm-hmm. a difficult subject to make work. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe my expectations were lowered going in, but I, I loved it. It was one of my favorite movies of the year as well. Um, 
I, I think one of my favorite parts was the the relationship between Jojo and Yorkie, his yeah. friend, which oh, I think it was, so it was one adorable. of the most wholesome things. Like every time they would see each other in this movie, they would they would hug. hug. Mm-hmm. They'd, be like, they'd be like, Jojo, Yorkie. <laughs> I, it was so cute. <laughs> so cute. Um, and I, I think, uh, so uh, Roman Griffin Davis is who played mm-hmm. Jojo, uh, which again, he was such an amazing performance. And yeah. that is, I think, a signal of, of both, obviously, the actor, but the director too, to get, yes. uh, you know, ch- performances from yeah. children that good. And of course, uh, with TD, he did um, Hunt for the Wilder People, which mm-hmm. also features a very good uh, performance by by a child. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think he, you know, he's able, he's such a good director that he's able to get those performances from mm-hmm. young people um, and re- really elevates the movie. So I, And this has nothing to do with anything, but um, <laughs> I don't want kids, but if a movie makes me want to adopt a kid in a heartbeat, I'm like, <laughs> let me just, I'm like, kudos to you. Because I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, there's like one thing to be adorable, but then there's another thing to be adorable and a good actor, and he was both. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this kid. Because and then like <laughs> like like you were saying, his relationship with Yorkie it was just the cutest thing ever. I don't know. Yeah. And they're doing crazy stuff in the movie. I mean, yes. they're, they're, they have throwing rocket launchers and, and throwing ro- knives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Um, yeah. I don't. Yeah, the humor worked <laughs> in that for me, and I and maybe it won't work for everyone, but yeah. I, I agree with that. I'm looking at you, Matt. It's you. <laughs> it's your You're being called on. <laughs> um, uh, I think my pick is uh, Pedro Amdavar, um, for Pain and Glory, um, which is in my top three favorite films of the entire year. And I think that's a case of um, a quieter, less showy performance, or performance, but like direction in that case. But at the same time, it's Amdavar doing Omnivar. Like, it very much, it feels very much of his oeuvre. Like, it looks like all of his tropes. And so maybe that's a case of being like, okay, you wouldn't therefore award him for just doing what he does. But I also feel like there's something to be said for doing what he does at such a high caliber for so long, so well. And then in this case, because it's also somewhat autobiographical about his life, And I feel like there would be a tendency, I think, in most people when doing sort of your own biopic to, like, really sugarcoat it or play down some of your own failings or I don't know, that kind of like that kind of you wouldn't be as honest, but also still as dreamlike about it. And I feel like he found such a good balance for it. And then, of course, of course, because Antonio Banderas is amazing. So, like, a huge amount of that goes to him as well. I just, I feel like it's a remarkable achievement that the film has so many emotions swirling around it and is so close to his heart, but still is so lovely and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think The Little was one of the only theaters in, in Rochester to get it. Um which is a nice showcase. And actually, I forgot to mention, going back to Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually returning to The Little yes. uh, so that you can see showtimes at thelittle.org. We'll often return movies during Oscar season. Jojo Rabbit got the call. Got the call <laughs> to come back, uh, which I'm happy. I think there's some people who missed it, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good one to revisit. Uh, so another good pick. Our, our awards, the, the the Matthews, the Jackies, and the Adams are all they're being handed <laughs> out. They're being mailed to the winners. Um, the Scott for for Best Director. Well, obviously, I do have to shout again Bong Joon-ho for, mm. for Parasite. Absolutely. Um, which I, I think um, it's my, my favorite movie of, of his I've seen. I've seen four of them. And I think you kind of built up to it. His last movie before this was Oak Jaw. 
um, which I think had elements uh, like there's a, a chase scene in Okja, which I think is one of the the best scenes I, I saw that year. Um, although I recently saw the movie, but <laughs> but going back to that year was one of my favorites. Um, uh, and I, I you could just tell he was a master storyteller, and I think it all culminated into Parasite, which is just again I my favorite of the year, and, and I think. Um, uh, and I think one of the best of the decade, too, which we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> but the best director and one that I was very mad that did not get an Oscar nomination, uh, Lulu Wong for yeah. The Farewell. Um, it was just which was this was kind of loosely based on her own story. And I just think the the emotion in that movie, it was one you cried in, you laughed. It had humor at heart. Um, the her grandma in the movie Nai Nai, um, I think, was one of the the best characters in a film. I, I just am hoping that I, I'm excited to see what Lulu Wong does next. And I hope it involves the Nai Nai cinematic universe. <laughs> I, would, I am I am on board for that. She was, and and I believe the person uh, who played Nai Nai, uh, Zhao Shuzhen, uh, I, I think it was her first acting role, too, which is, just see how good she is in that movie, um, I think was really impressive. And again, that's that's reflected of the director, Lu Wang, who is, of course, also part of one of the, the biggest power couples in Hollywood, oh my which I just found out recently. I think yeah. one of you guys told me they're Madame or at. Adam, um, <laughs> I can't even see your name. I'm, I'm no, so, it's fine. We're no. back to our old, like, old high school nicknames. I can of... say we, we we still get that a lot, though. Yeah, we get Madam Matt as like a <laughs> couple name. So. I'm just so I'm just so flustered by this coupling <laughs> of, of Barry Jenkins and Lulu Wong that I can't think straight. Like that is an indie power couple. Amazing, yeah. just adorable. Love them. So, we can I just mention for a moment <laughs> that you mentioned the uh, Nai Nai Cinematic Universe. Um, and in that case, I'm just curious. I'm like, is that like Nai Nai as Nai Nai insert into other things? Or does Nai Nai have like, here's this one time where she was off and she was like a superhero. And here's this other time <laughs> where she was like a fisherman. Like, I'm just, I'm intrigued. Like, not that fishermen can't be superheroes. I'm just, you know, I'm intrigued. Like, has uh, she... Aquaman? <laughs> yes. He's like, has, has Nai Nai who's led a thousand lives? Or is it like Nai Nai just... Dropped in. I'm just. I mean, I'm so I, th- I think this sounds like you're ready to write some Nine Nine fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think there's some time travel in Nine Nine's story. She's going to different. She's I, meeting I dinosaurs, yes. and she's. Oh, yes. She's hanging out with a rocketeer, and maybe she was the original rocketeer. <laughs> Who knows? That too. Oh yeah, my gosh! I would watch that story. I am here for all of this. <laughs> So yeah, Lulu Wong, get in contact with us. She does actually. If this, uh, I don't know if this is a surprise. She listens to the podcast too. Um, so we, I don't know. We there's ideas here. I think there's some some billion dollar ideas. We don't have to go through Disney to make a billion dollars in a movie. We no, can we can do our own thing. Absolutely, Nai Nai is ready. <laughs> she is ready. She's ready for that billion. All right. Well, we we kind of touched upon best actors, actresses a little, but let's hear some of yours. And we, again, we could you could pick male, female, supporting lead you could mention multiple ones obviously since there's a lot of good performances a lot of good ones nominated uh, and a lot of good ones are missed which which is going to happen i think when you have so many performances although i I think some some snubs are more egregious than others so i don't know who wants to tackle this one first Uh, oh it's matt i just no i just i have like a a very weird pick for this which isn't a quote-unquote performance, okay? So just, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, uh, ooh, pick me to not do the category you've asked me to start with. Great. No, no, no. Here's my thing. Is like... Didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
He, no. he works here now, so he thinks he can do whatever he wants. Yep. Free reign. Too much power work. hungry. Oh, right, it only took just a couple weeks. Um, no, what I just want to mention in this case is I just I think something that's interesting about watching watching people on screen. I sound like a psycho, but we're gonna go with that. <laughs> is um, that on the one hand, I think sometimes people are awarded acting prizes for very much playing into their tropes. You know, again, mm-hmm. like very much like that person's good at that type of role. And other times it's people either recreating, you know, a real life person or going playing so much against their trope. All of these things I think can be impressive. What was interesting for me in watching a bunch of docs this year is every once in a while you would get someone who the doc is about them, not just about, you know, a movement or a person mm-hmm. or a, a group or whatever. And um, I am ashamed to say I knew very, very little about Toni Morrison before seeing Toni Morrison, The Pieces I Am, at One Take this year. And it was just, it was so warm and enveloping for me in watching uh, her speak. I've never seen talking heads or even just, not even a talking head, literally they just set up a camera and let her talk against a gray wall. And I just thought she was the most engaging, amazing person. Like I fell so in love with her during watching the doc this year. And I thought that was like a real testament to her as a person. And then also to the doc for knowing that you could just do that. You didn't need extra editing. You didn't need a larger overarching, like overly assembled story for it. Just she was such an amazing presence. And I just... It was it was wonderful. So I'm giving a shout out to Tony Morrison. <laughs> that was a good answer. We, we were giving you some grief for that, but that was a good answer. And again, we get creative with it. You're handing out the Matthews. This is not your typical award. The Matthew to Best Actor goes to documentary subject Tony Morrison. <laughs> hey, any award for Tony Morrison, I'm in. Listen, yeah. <laughs> That's my pick. <laughs> no one wants to follow that up. They're like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Um, okay. So I have both a best actor and a, or actually, hold on. Well, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm like going back and forth in my head. It's, it's crazy. Okay. Um, For best actress, okay. I have, I've, this is why I'm going back and forth here because really it's like, it's two. Um, One of them is on the ballot and one of them is not on the ballot. Um. So, well, one of them is on the ballot for a different movie. Okay, so here we go. So Florence Pugh, but for Midsummer. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I don't usually watch, again, like I don't usually, like horror film is usually not my thing, but as they've been getting more creative and like just being amazing and not just like slasher movies, but actually like a full, full, a full movie, if that makes sense, like a whole it has substance um like her performance in that just i mean like i was in it from like the the beginning to end her she was the only thing that really just kept like i mean other than other things that were happening in the movie which was insane (laughs) um because i was like i can't believe i'm still here um like in this movie like because i'm just like totally engrossed not to say that the film was bad because i thought it was excellent but at the same time again it's not my usual thing so i'm like holy crap what's happening um but florence i i loved her as amy in the little theater or the little theater wow (laughs) i loved her in the little theater too um no she also listens to the podcast um the little our marketing is working exactly exactly. a little on the brain (laughs) 
She actually doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been desperately trying to get her to do sitting in the theater. She doesn't have yeah, to exactly. she's just always there. Just in the theater. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. Um, Little Women. She was in Little Women. Um, and although her performance was, was great in that, I think... What affected me much, much more was her performance in Midsummer. Um, you're you're kind of just like going. She, I mean, she really is like the driving force in that movie because you know this tragic thing like happens in the beginning and then being let off somewhere else and her going through that entire experience. You know, you're feeling for her and it, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's an amazing performance by her. But also because she's she's not at least up for an Oscar, at least for that movie, I would say, okay, I'm going to butcher this name. Cynthia, what's her last name? Arivo. Arivo, thank you. It looks so simple, but I'm like, I'm going to mess it up. Um, So I've been waiting, like, forever for a Harriet Tubman film to be made. Like, the first moment I learned about her in um, history class, like... I was like, there needs to be a movie made. I can't wait till there's a movie made. Kind of like how, um, like there's certain there's certain stories that I've heard throughout history classes um, of things that I was like, we need to make this into a movie. So Loving was already made into a movie, thank God, because I've been waiting for that film forever. And then finally, we get a Harriet Tubman movie, and I mean, like, just. Ugh. She is absolutely phenomenal. I'm like, I don't even know why we're looking at anybody else. Like, because honestly, like, not to not to slight the other actresses. I mean, they're all they're all very good actresses. But my God, like, I'm sorry, but like, no, like, yeah, I I I can't argue. We anything we've seen her in. We've just been like, she's magnetic. Yes. Like, you just, you can't take your eyes off you're her. She's close to an EGOT, bound. too, right? I yeah, think so. You're yeah. spellbound. And she's also here for a Best Original Song, which, again, I'm just like, you guys, like, you have to be. It, yeah. I, I, I don't have any other words. I really can't. Like, it's been hard for me to describe, like, how much her performance meant to me. Number one, because I've been wanting a Harriet Tubman movie for the longest. And two, because she absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I just remember sitting there and, like, being fully engaged and just wanting to just see her, like, in more, like, just talk. You The, the movie could have been, like, three hours, and I would have been there just paying attention to her because she's amazing. That's all I'm going to say about that because I, cause I'm, like, not making complete sentences. It's because, like, it just keeps That's what a about. good performance does to you. Well, yeah. <laughs> it so, turns your brain. You can't think. Exactly. Straight. You're just <laughs> thinking about this performance. Um, and the fact that there wasn't a Harry Tubman movie before this I is, mean, is embarrassing. It's ridiculous. Aggravating. It's infuriating. It's shocking. Like every adjective we can get in yeah. here. Yeah, we're finally getting how? a Madam C.J. Walker movie, which again is just I don't know. I don't know. How is. is this not a? Yeah, I'm, I'm so. embarrassed. Yeah, I don't know who that is. So. <laughs> Madam C.J. Walker, the first African-American millionaire? I didn't. No, nope, yeah. I know nothing about what? her. What? See, okay. Another, I'm sorry. This is another thing. I'm just going to go <laughs> off on a little tangent. No, it's good. Please um, tell me. Yeah. So movies or like things throughout our American history that, number one, we don't talk about because um, because our school system is messed up. Because mm-hmm. um, we, we, okay, I want to tell you, we cover basically like four African-American 
people, okay? So uh-huh. it's Dr. Martin Luther... I can't talk anymore. <laughs> See? That's the thing. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, Harry Tubman, mm-hmm. uh, Rosa Parks, and because this is Rochester, Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about anyone else. You might hear about Malcolm X, maybe. You might hear about Shirley Chisholm, and you hear about Oprah. And, like... <laughs> I mean, that's, like, in my Angelou, like, great, awesome. Those are phenomenal people. But at the same time, we have all these other African-American figures in history that have done amazing things. And so I'm just like, I mean, I thought we would have gotten a Harry Tubman movie, like, years ago. And I'm, I'm glad we got it, you know, last year because, I mean, again, C- Cynthia did a fantastic job. But I'm like, there's so many other stories out there, and I could, like, go through just a list and I won't because we'll be here for two hours um but I just go through a list of like things I've heard throughout history or I've studied gone out and studied myself that were like we need to turn these into movies or at least like tv series you know because some of these you know it's not just gonna like two hours is not gonna cover it you need like a full tv series I'm just gonna build off of that for one second not because so I haven't I haven't seen the Irishman yet and oh, I haven't I'm, either. And yeah. I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, sometimes you see movies when you're in the mood for certain things mm-hmm. or not in the mood for certain things. And personally, when we were talking about a time to watch it, I didn't want to watch it because I was like, I'm not in a mental headspace where I want another movie about a bunch of old white guys who are being gangsters and being like ornery with other old white guys. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like I've seen enough of those stories. Mm-hmm. Like, please give me something different. I'm sure it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Scorsese is a genius, right. et cetera, et cetera. But I just felt like I was like, there are too many other stories out there that need to be told and are more interesting to be yeah. told at this point. Yeah. I was like, Let's move. Like, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, and probably a lot of people don't know those stories, and I think that's a that's part of our education system. That's a failure on that part. Yeah. And uh, I, another example, when you were saying that, remind me of I did like a the date even on this, but did, did any of you guys watch Watchmen? Um, I did not. The no, amazing HBO it. series. I okay. think. I mean, that was cinematic in scope, and and definitely one of my favorites of 2019. Um, it has a scene um, early in the pilot episode of the Tulsa Massacre of 1921, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of people did like, mm-hmm. oh, did they make that? They made this up for the show. No, it's a no, real it's thing. it's real. And it was a debate people like didn't know about. That's like, how is this something that we? It was just like hidden figures. We don't know about. It's like yes. hidden figures. We didn't know about hidden figures, yeah. and yes. everyone's like, how did I not know about this? Um, I don't know because our <laughs> because of our American like classroom, we don't cover these stories. We we say it's American history, but we don't actually. Talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of African-American stories. A lot of, I mean, a lot of Hispanic and, and Latinx stories. Like, we don't we don't talk about those. Asian-American. Again, like, there's all these different stories out there, historical events that happen, and we don't cover it because we're only shown, like, one side of our American history. It's so crazy. Yeah. And by, cra- crazy is such a nice way of wording. It's really, really, really stupid and huge fault yeah. in yeah. our education system. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, there should be a doc about this, Jackie. Make a doc and we'll I will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, if there isn't, 
already a doc about this is actually a really good oh topic i have for it. i have ideas i really okay, do yeah, i have ideas like this is this linda is hello re- <laughs> um <laughs> got a whole list of projects we're bankrolling now i'm yeah, excited seriously, about this year seriously yeah, yeah. although oh, I, i'm glad you mentioned cynthia revo but she is terrific mm-hmm. in everything i've seen her i just started watching another hbo show uh the outsider oh, uh, which i, I, I read the one. stephen king book yeah. and I, I like that a lot it's it's creepy it's suspenseful mm-hmm. it's like true detective just with a Stephen King twist to oh. it. Um, I liked it a lot. Anyway, she, um, her character just came in this in the third episode, and it's already it's like, yeah, she's the star of this mm-hmm. show. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the main character in the book, but you're like, yeah, she's she's the star of the show. She has that presence, um, and she was in Widows too, another oh, yeah. an underrated movie. So and Bad Times at the El Royale. I'm gonna toss that out there because she was phenomenal in that. Oh, yeah, that that was a good movie too. Which I only saw that because I liked uh, Cabin in the Woods so much that I'm like, oh, this is the follow-up from that director. I'm in. Its production design is second to none from, was it last year? Year before? Mm-hmm. Last oh, year. my gosh. They yeah. built the hotel. It's amazing. So... <laughs> Wow. That was so. We sometimes we go off on tangents. I'm glad you went off on that. T- that <laughs> yeah. was that was needed to be said, and yeah. and you said it very well. Glad to provide. So the, uh, <laughs> I, was, I felt bad. So I was gonna. I had a Florence Pugh thing. I was gonna say, and then I'm like, oh, don't interrupt. Don't interrupt this guy. Don't be that, <laughs> don't be that guy. Um, what I was gonna say about Florence Pugh in Midsummer uh, was without without spoiling it. We're not gonna do any spoilers mm-hmm. uh, this episode. Um, but I think her very last frame in that movie, her last thing, just the look on her face is why she should win an award. And if you if you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I just want to put one more other quick thing out there about Midsummer, Midsummer, or whatever, however you pronounce it, is that, um, so I've only seen the director's cut of it with 30 more minutes in that film. Oh my God. Yeah, so I haven't <laughs> seen like the one that was like released initially. Okay. And this is an interesting case of, I feel like as you know, you progress through like film knowledge, like Blade Runner, you know, has... A million cuts of it and everything and i feel like traditionally the process is you you know see whatever the first one released and then eventually see the director's cut this was such an interesting thing for me just in my like movie as i say upbringing but upbringing <laughs> over the last couple months <laughs> of just seeing the director's cut and not seeing the earlier one i don't know what was cut out like i have no concept of how that movie existed in a shorter version which because i a i loved it to pieces um but also i felt like everything in it connected back on itself and was so interwoven like yes it was 3 hours but I it was didn't like, feel like three hours. It though. didn't. No, that this is. It was. It ended because we were watching it because the director's cut for some reason is an exclusive to iTunes as a bonus feature if you buy the what? film on iTunes. Yeah, which is bananas. But we watched it, and I don't know the last time a movie ended, and I was like, oh, wait, that's it? Like, and I was like, yeah, it's been three hours, and I was like. There's not more? That's it? So I loved it. I got to say, I don't know if I could watch 30 more minutes of the gun. And not that I didn't like it. I did like it. And I felt very uncomfortable. And yes. I wanted those people to get out of there so yeah. badly, yeah. Uh, which I think is what they want. But I was like, no, I don't know if I could do 30 more minutes of it. it I, I don't even know what to tell you because I was like, I don't know what parts everyone else saw. I think I saw something very different. So... The uh, Yeah, just I, I think maybe it fleshed out more of the story. I, I think it... it 
it kind of cut some quick parts, but that again had a lot of good supporting actors. Uh, William Jackson Harper, who is in The Good Place, is in that. Yes, which I'm like, he's in The Good Place. And when we had, a, but he's the, not in The Good Place. But he's no. not in The Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, do, um, just I'll uh, mention a few of the uh, performances that I always also liked. Um, again, Nine Eye, terrific. Aquafina. In the farewell, which oh, I can't believe so she didn't good. get nominated. She so was amazing. Good. Adam Sandler again. He was in Uncut Gems. He was so good at this. Um, his character was just loud and obnoxious and made horrible decisions. But I know Jackie didn't like Uncut Gems. I did right? not like Uncut Gems, but but no, I did. I did like his performance. Um, I do think he's good in dramatic roles. Um, I, I do like him in dramatic roles. I personally, I liked. Rain Over Me and Spanglish. Um, oh, I love Spanglish. Yeah, so, yeah. But, um, yeah, as far as the movie goes, I did not like it. But I'm not going to <laughs> go into tangents again. Uh, we'll be here longer than we need to. Why? Well, I'll just break this into two parts. I already told Matt I want to do that so I can say I had two podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a week as long as we want, as long as you guys have time. Oh, my stomach was great. I, I tend to get hungry. You do about this. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, what? I was just gonna say. I was gonna say we should bring snacks, but like, what snacks would we bring that are podcast friendly? Because like string I feel cheese like... or <laughs> that's better. So I that's just say mashed you. potatoes. So yours is way better. Of course, potato. I bring a bowl of mashed potatoes. To <laughs> I'm never getting invited back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, your desk is here. You could just crash. You could crash <gasps> oh, it. I can't stop you now. <laughs> You are unstoppable. Uh, the other performance, so I do want to mention again, Roman Griffin Davis as as Jojo Rabbit in Jojo Rabbit. Kelvin uh, Harrison Jr. in Loose. I thought Loose was such a, it was a psychological thriller and it was indeed psychological. I'm like, I don't know what's, I don't know who to trust here. I don't know what's going on. They're playing mind games. He was great in that. He's also in Waves, which is the Black Cinema Series screening February 7th at the Little. Uh, tickets now on sale. Uh, so good year for him. And the last one I want to mention, Samara Weaving, uh, Ready or Not. I thought she was great. Mm. So good. Okay. Yeah, she was yeah, funny. Yeah. She just, yes. <laughs> it, which is a ridiculous plot. Um, and she and she like gives it her all and makes that movie just an absolute blast. That was one of the, the more fun movies that I, that I saw of the year, which is always a good thing. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of, we're, we're winding down in categories, so it's all right. We're in part two now. We're fully in part two. Um, this next one is uh, wild card. What? You get to talk about anything. Wait, do I not get to talk about performances? Did I skip you? Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, I have a whole list. Sorry, <laughs> Adam. <laughs> I, can, I, was, I can go fast. I was trying to think. Did, I, I, did, we, did we start with you, Jackie? I think I might have skipped everyone. I think we started with me because I led us astray. By oh, yeah, like 20 more. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I just I totally. I'm so hungry that I just I passed out for a second. I did spill water on myself earlier, so I'm I'm not happy that we're if being filmed. Only right now. someone had brought in chocolate for you. Like, I know. I just honestly. need chocolate, string cheese, mashed potatoes, poutine, a raw potato. Oh, poutine. Salt potatoes. Like, oh, okay. Ooh. Actually, I'm here for salt potatoes. Actually, I'm here for. I saw a tweet oh about a potato charcuterie board. We're getting on a tangent now. I did see that. It looked great. <laughs> Jackie's like, my tangent was important. Like, you guys are talking not about Not that we can't. Not that fries. we can't. I'm just saying this is what we were trying to avoid. And then That's every true. time we try, it doesn't That's work. <laughs> I'm just, as a host, I embrace it. I don't I don't rein it in. These guys are all going to be on the Connections episode. And, and that'll be reined in. That'll be a nice, tidy hour. This is just messy French fries everywhere. <laughs> messy French fries. Three hours. I said popcorn. 
popcorn. Man, at least like make it relatable <laughs> back to whatever. It's done. Little it's popcorn a, is a listener. Little, pop- is little popcorn is, is the hero we all need. We just had popcorn day. Little pop, little popcorn's biggest uh, day of the year. Anyway, Adam's waiting very patiently. <laughs> I really don't want me to talk about this. <laughs> Anything possible. Like, let's talk about potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Please go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I yeah, I'm gonna copy you and just run through a list of performances that I loved. Um, Lupita Nyong'o uh, in Us, I thought was amazing, and yeah. the Oscars never respect horror, so I didn't expect her to get in there, but. She was one of my favorites of the year. Um, Alfred Woodard in a movie called Clemency um, was, I think, my favorite performance of the year. And hopefully at some point it will play in Rochester because it has not yet. It may uh, be coming to the little at some point soon. Fingers dun, crossed. Dun, we don't know. We hope so. We hope so. I'm not promising anything nope, if you're no listening, promises. but nope. we would really like to screen it. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to toss out... Uh, Ana de Armas um, in Knives Out, who's just like the, <gasps> yes. the heart and soul of that movie, yes. and I thought she was great. Oh. Um, uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe in The Lighthouse. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, I can't believe crazy. I didn't mention that one. Yeah, Incredible. Um, Eddie Murphy, Dolomite is My Name, I also thought was fantastic. Um, Paul Walter Hauser in Richard Jewell, a movie I had some problems with, but he was great in. And he was great in Tanya, too. Yes. I yeah. Tanya. I Tanya, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm also going to toss out uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, for Hustlers. Um, uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco, another movie that actually probably should have been in my most underrated films of the year mm-hmm. because I feel like not enough people talked about that one. Um, and lastly, uh, Fatma Mohammed in In Fabric, yes. um, which is just a bonkers performance in a bonkers movie that I just love to pieces. Never has a sales clerk been more insane in a film ever in history. It's just one of those performances that it just feels like it's being beamed in from some other universe. <laughs> and you're like, I don't entirely understand it, but I am captivated by what I am seeing. Uh, I which, just, I love her. Which, of course, screened at the Anomaly Film Festival. It yes. did in November. <laughs> oh, it was a lovely time. They passed a note to me that said, you mentioned this. You mentioned this right now. <laughs> they did not really. <laughs> Just in case someone's watching the footage and it's like, no, they did not. That is a lie. Well, I'm glad I didn't skip you because I was nodding my head to a lot of you. I was like, oh, I wish I said that. I agree with that. The Scott seal of approval. <laughs> I was I like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> a couple of those I haven't seen. Uh, in fabric, I didn't like as much as you guys. I don't think. I like no, the idea no, of we, it more. We saw your comments. <laughs> we know how you felt about it. <laughs> I love I love the yeah I love the idea of it. <laughs> I love I just, the idea. It is not a movie for everyone. No. I accept that. Peter Which, Strickland is a very specific taste. Yes, <laughs> but see that's why I like about is I even if I don't personally like it, I like filmmakers doing their thing and, yeah. and not doing these cookie cutter Disney or Avenger movies or something that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. It's an original. So even if it's like hey I don't like it, maybe a lot of people don't like it, but there's also a lot of people who are gonna love it and be like this is my favorite movie which in fabric by the way i think i'm definitely in the minority on i liked it in like rotten tomato really 
I, it was like 95 like percent. That's definitely one of those things that there's a split between the critical response and the general viewer response. Because, yeah, generally that blows people's minds and they're not entirely sure what they feel about it. I think it was a fairly divisive film generally, oh, yeah. at least looking at like my Twitter like feed about people talking about it. People, people either were like, mm, or people were like, did you see In Fabric? My mind was blown by a dress. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'll always support a movie like that and I'll always be like, you should see it and you should decide for yourself if you like it. I often think things that like a lot of interesting things and especially I feel like things that are more stylized or stylish even the big Hollywood things the things that tend to sit right around 50% on Rotten Tomatoes I actually think are really interesting watches because that means they are so divisive in that case Um, like Adam and I have tended to see a couple of the like big budget world building things that are not well received um, like Alita Battle Angel or the Mortal Engines film. I wanted film. to see that one. Mortal Engines, I really dug. It's not like, don't, don't let me overhype it. It's just, it's because they got that whole Peter Jackson, like entire crew like of Weta to work on it. So the world building in that is like the team who built the world of Lord of the Rings on screen worked on this and whether or not people liked it or not or felt like it was too derivative of like a fantasy sci-fi film or not. Like I understand those complaints, but my gosh, it was when people talk about just being able to like sit back and get sucked into a world of a film for a couple hours, like some of those once you have like those amazing production design teams on it, man, I'm just I'm ready. I'm here for it. <laughs> Well, that is a good transition to now we can get to the wild card ones. Uh, Adam, I'm going to start with you. Um, <laughs> oh, now. Okay. Oh, now. No. Oh, all right. I was so focused on thinking about performances. Now I'm uh... <laughs> I'm just messing up everywhere. Well, we can skip the wild card since we have been talking about whatever. And Matt's like, no, how dare you? All right. I'll start things. with I'll start with with Matt. Yes. Yes, please do. <laughs> no, I just have two random quick things on there. And one is... Um, uh, a Hidden Life, uh, the Terrence Malick uh, film that is playing currently at the Little Theater. Um, I'm floored is not in more conversations for best cinematography. Like, absolutely, like, my butt's on the ground, just mouth open, <laughs> shocked. Literally. <laughs> literally, that's what's happening right now. <laughs> it is, you know, shot in the mountains in Austria, and it's all... It's Terrence Malick, so of course you know there are long shots of like wheat fields that are just blowing in the breeze as someone whispers, you know, into a microphone. Beautiful wheat fields. Absolutely, but they're the most beautifully shot wheat fields you have ever seen in your life, second to perhaps other talents, Terrence Malick films. So I just, it's, it's gorgeous, and I really, really, really would love people to see it and see it large because its visuals are stunning. Um, and then I have just a hot take, which isn't. Ooh, all more, right. Just a hot I need take. a hot take alarm. Nice. A button I can press. For like, <laughs> hot takes coming. <laughs> Flames shooting up. Um, my hot take is that um, this was not a good year for animation. Um, actually, in that usually I think that there are some really interesting, good animated films that make their way in amongst all the studio fare, which is usually of you know, back and forth quality levels. Um, And I think that this year certainly had a bunch of good animated films, but it didn't have any great animated films. You weren't blown away. I was not. And even like, 
in that case, when you look at what is nominated at the Oscars in terms of How to Train Your Dragon 3, Toy Story 4, um, like, even in the year that also had, like, the Lego Movie 2, which, again, I liked these sequels. I thought they were satisfying. I enjoyed them. But I didn't think they were great. I think Missing Link is actually the least of Leica's efforts, and I normally am all here for Leica's stop-motion efforts. I enjoyed it, but not loved it. Um, I just, I, and even in this case, like, things like I Lost My Body, I thought was impressive, and I appreciated it. Didn't really terribly care for it. Oddly, of the animated film nominees, Claws is my favorite of all possible <laughs> things, which I was not expecting whatsoever. I just I did like Klaus. I thought, yeah, it was just beautiful. It's just gorgeous. Like a really good fit. It's I think it's hard to do a holiday film that feels timeless and doesn't immediately feel like it's from an era. And I feel like this actually hit that. But I just in general. It's a very disappointing year for animation. I mean, I'm, I'm a little upset about it. I thought you were going to say when you started that sentence, it wasn't a good year for movies. And my <laughs> and my my uh, wild card thing was that it is a good year for movies. <laughs> so I was like, how dare you? Uh, but yeah, animation I wasn't crazy about uh, just because there wasn't a lot of, of original stuff. I, I want some something creative. Yeah. Um, just, but for... Sorry. No, go for it. Nope. Totally get you off. Uh, but for movies, I thought... It was one of the best film years in a while. Um, and I think these are things you have to look back on and, and kind of examine years later. But just off the top of my head, I'd say it's one of the best film years of, of the decade of 2010 to 2019. Uh, 2010, the first year of that, was also very good. Uh, mm-hmm. But just looking at these titles and all the ones you mentioned, I thought it was one of the best ones. So mm-hmm. do you want to? No, I just want to say as a... I am a psycho in that case in that I, I've been seeing people say that. And I, I don't know if it's the order in which I watched things. Maybe I watched mm-hmm. too much stuff at the end of the year or maybe just my tastes have continued to go way out in left field. 16, 17, and 18, when I was looking at my letterbox profile, I actually preferred all those years to 19. So I just wonder if it's what I saw, but I also think I was just a little skewed this year because mm-hmm. like we talked about that, uh, not a spoiler, Scott's favorite film of the year is Parasite. Like, and... I am the only person who currently exists who was not terribly wild about Parasite. Mm. Like, so it's just me, and I know that. So. <laughs> it's okay, though. It's okay. And that sounds like a podcast category there. Mm. We, well, we're going to do a best of the decade once I can wrap my head around it. I, I just can't right now. Yeah, it's no, I much. can't either. It's, it's a lot. No. It's a lot. <laughs> All right, Jackie, you have the, you have the floor here. Wild um, card. Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna save my hot take for the best picture. Um, <laughs> oh, what <category>. teaser? <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Stay Jackie's... tuned for hour three of the podcast. Seriously, because Jackie has a lot to say. Um, <laughs> so as far as wild cards go, so uh, Matt, so you were talking earlier about docs, and I've actually been I've actually been been on like a doc kick recently. Not that I'm never not but like more so more so this year um and so there was one that stuck out to me that actually played as a little theater um uh raise hell uh so the life and times of molly ivins um so um not to get too into the weeds here but um at a time where like we're like starting to look towards like the next election and everything and we're been having discussions about like our country being <clears throat> like very divided and everything and our thinking and, and issues and stuff like that. Like 
So we're talking about this woman who is a writer and she was a she's a she was a Democrat in like in in Texas in like the deep south. So like talking about like her background and everything and then how she kind of actually criticized both sides. Um, even though she was Democrat, she looked at things in her party that she thought were just like that, that needed to be called out on and the same thing on the other side. And I think like seeing this movie definitely like some of the things she would talk about like, kind of caught me off guard. But in the end, like I would realize that she was right and like what she was saying. So like things, things that make you think more about like your own opinions and like your worldviews and everything like that is like kind of seeing her like pick at both sides, but also get along with people who don't necessarily agree with her or share her same worldviews. I think it got me thinking a little bit more about that. So that's why that stuck out to me. Um, I mean, but with anything, like I thought that this documentary, this document, this documentary, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> was very well done. And again, it gets you thinking in an, in an, in another way, like kind of like how, you know, if we're going to talk about like movies that, like, with a deeper meaning and stuff, like, you know, like, um, like Midsummer, or you know like those kind of movies where it's kind of like on a cringe factor but you're but you're thinking about other things and like the deep themes of this this gets you thinking more of along the lines of again like just think about your own own world views and like and like kind of challenging those a bit and like kind of opening your mind to other things um or things that you may not necessarily understand um and I thought that was very well done in that way. So I would throw that in as like a as a documentary. I missed sure. it, and this was the most amazing pitch for it. Like now I'm like oh, bumped right <laughs> up the queue because I was really sad to, that we missed it. So. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I think like I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think okay. it is. Yeah, um, that one was good. Like another another a doc that I wanted to see was. Um, one Child Nation, and it's also Ooh, on Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised that wasn't nominated mm -hmm. uh, for Best Doc, yeah. and that was one I, I have a hard time calling my favorite because it was a tough movie to mm -hmm. watch. It was mm -hmm. about the, the one child mm -hmm. laws in China, mm -hmm. uh, but it was so informative and so eye opening. I, I just I was pretty I was I was surprised that wasn't. Nominated. It is playing on PBS at some point in March, actually. Mm. So yeah, 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 if you have if you haven't caught it by then. <laughs> so um, can I just mention on that yeah. on the like list of like best docs of the year mm -hmm. that I was also shocked more people weren't talking about was uh, The Brink, which I saw at, at One Take this past spring. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the documentary following uh, Steve Bannon um, after leaving oh, yeah, the White yeah, House. Yeah. And it wasn't a doc that immediately I was I wasn't excited to spend two hours with Steve Bannon. Yeah, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> um, but Again, when we talk about like direction and cinematography and everything, and um, in that case, um, uh, the director Allison Clayman was also the cinematographer on it, mm. and so she got all this access by just being one person doing all the cinematography and sound, just following wow. him. Like, and without going deep, deep, deep in the rabbit hole on this one, but like, he was clearly very unthreatened by her as a one-woman filmmaker team. <sighs> And therefore, she got unprecedented access to his life, yeah. and it was riveting from start <laughs> to finish. I just, I, I think it's on Hulu okay. now, yeah. and I want everyone to see it because yeah. st I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Right. It was fascinating.
on that. So on that part, because he started talking, and then like again another podcast where we just talk about uh, documentaries. Um, so okay, going on that, that just reminded me of another one. It was this was actually two docs. There's one on Hulu. There's one version on Hulu, and there's another version on Netflix. There's two different docs, but about the same top topic. Fire fraud. <laughs> I oh, knew yeah. that's where Fire that fraud. Going. Okay, that's the one on Hulu. Um, and <laughs> honestly, okay, so here's the thing about this doc. Not only is it fun because it's like this huge disaster, um, and so we love watching train wrecks. That's what that's what we do. Like just as humans, I think we love we love that. And so I think that was the big selling point because there was this festival that. I feel like not a lot of us heard about, but like, you know, the to the people who could afford it, like, I, it was like a big thing. But if and I've watched this, I've watched this one so many times. I've watched this one <laughs> more than the other version, just because this could honestly, if you were in like a marketing class or like an intro to marketing, um, or in social media, I think this would be a documentary that you show to students because honestly, it's a case study. Of how the power of influence really, like, this this specific fe- festival, like, the power of influence was everything on this. And then just to see, like, between the marketing and the actual implementation of the festival, like, the difference between the two. Because if you just look at the marketing, it's it's brilliant. It's amazing. They're talking about, like, how you stop the scroll when people are going through social media and everything. Like, they're just talking about the marketing and then at the same time, like, also looking at the implementation. So if you're looking at, looking at those two things, like, vastly different. And then at the same time, now you're also – they're also interviewing the guy who – was trying um to put this together and and then his whole backstory about like his own history with fraud and everything like that so it's a very interesting doc but at the same and at the same time it's also a case study um like easily if i were to pitch this if there are any marketing professors listening like seriously it would there is spoiler there is yeah there is yeah all of them yeah um (laughs) i would highly highly recommend this doc yeah, I, I, I like watching them as companion pieces. Watch it. Mm-hmm. I think yes. they both have elements yeah. that the other doesn't have, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd watched them back to back too, or, yeah. or so, in in a relatively uh, short time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I just thought that was very fascinating. And and you did touch. They did have some good marketing tips yes. in there too, even yes. though obviously the. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hired people who knew what they were doing marketing and right. the, were the people planning the festival. Yes, well, exactly. They, they would, that was just, Don't work with Ja Rule. Um, so that's... <laughs> sorry, that's doesn't, all, he doesn't listen, so you're, you're fine. I can go to another tangent on that, too. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam, I'm, I'm not skipping you. I, I did not forget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, my wild card, I am going to use as a diatribe to say <laughs> what is wrong with the music branch of uh. the academy and their inability to nominate the actual best songs of the rest original songs of the year they're fools Any, they, every year ever. they're fools just, like, i just feel like year after year the songs that i'm like oh well this is like the clearly the winner of the oscar this year it never gets nominated like i think of things like sing street um, Sing and, Street was a travesty that that did not get any music <laughs> nominations. Um, and Hearts Beat Loud, um, <gasps> which I was oh, like, oh my god, how? And Seriously. this year they did it again <laughs> <laughs> um, with uh, Glasgow. 
um, from the movie Wild Rose, which is an incredible song. And I heard it. And I was like, well, clearly this is this year's winner. But I should know by now that that means that it's not going to be nominated <laughs> because it wasn't. No, because Disney needs to get their foot in there. So there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> movie was uh, about a uh, aspiring country singer in uh, Glasgow, and she dreamed of you know, finding fame in Nashville, um, starring Jesse Buckley. And it was just a wonderful movie. She was great. The song is amazing. And it even has an incredible backstory. It is written by Mary Steenburgen, who, after undergoing a minor surgery, came out, of, out to find that she had the ability to write songs now. And she wrote this song. And it's amazing. And it's just, just a banana's backstory. Which I'm like, how, how could you not want to get that narrative at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And how could you not want to get that surgery? Yeah. <laughs> like arm surgery or something. And she was like, wow, I can I can write songs now. Let's Who all knew? get that surgery and the next podcast will be in song. Exactly. <gasps> we'll write a cool podcast. Yes. I'm here for this. <laughs> but I, but I, I like that take. And, and I'm with you on uh, Sing Street and Hearts Beat Loud. It just it's like, why are these ones not getting nominated? And just so we have them, the, the ones that were nominated for Best Original Song, I can't let you throw yourself away. Toy Story four, parentheses. I'm gonna <laughs> love me again from Rocket Man, which I did love. Rocket Man, yeah. um, which I, I like Taron Ter- Egerton's performance in that yes. a lot more than Remy Malek in in uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ugh, but, well, yeah. that's just, you have good sense, <laughs> but that's all right. Matt, tell us how you really feel. Uh, <laughs> the other, I'm standing with you from Breakthrough. Into the Unknown from this movie called Frozen Two, <laughs> and and Stand Up from Harriet. Um, if she does not win. Seriously, I'm just gonna whatever. It's gonna be. It's gonna be bad. I'm gonna be just. As somebody I who, I, I will go on the record and be like, I freaking love Into the Unknown. Like I do. Really I do connected. love that. It's it very, it very connected with me. But that said, a hundred percent, absolutely. Seriously, go to Harriet. Oh my god, that gosh. is absolutely the one oh from this my list. Gosh. Listen, I love Randy Newman. I am a Randy Newman <laughs> defender. Like I think when you need. Americana in its most like feeling of the I don't know the joy of patriotism in trees <laughs> or like in a in a divorce movie. <laughs> yes, like I am here for Randy Newman from Toy Story Four. Another one. They're just giving them to him at this point. Like I'm like stop giving. I understand. There's the whole thing about like Randy Newman's do blah 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 because he's only got that. one at this. point. No, I hate oh. that too. And I'm like I'm like Jackie's I, hot take by the way. One of them. One of them. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Ra- I'm perfectly content with Randy Newman to be in score because I think that it's a very interesting score for Marriage Story. It's very different. I think it helps even out some of the other aspects of it. But like. From Toy Story 4, another one. He just breaks one every time. Like, stop it. Stop it. Oh, yeah, we definitely need a hot take button. We're just hot takes. We're doling them out. We should do one episode that's all hot takes. Oh. I, mean, I don't know if people bring will be able to handle that. All hot nope, takes. No, nope, they couldn't. I'm not sure any of you would talk. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not sure any of you would talk to me anymore. Um, <laughs> Just a hot take podcast. Seriously. I mean, we'll still talk to you. Maybe any of our... Millions of listeners might not. Ryan, <laughs> it depends Ryan if they agree. Johnson may raise some yeah. eyes. Like, he can, well, he can join the hot take one. <laughs> Please join the. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. Who wants to tackle best picture first for your own personal awards? Who, what wins your best picture? So it doesn't have to be one of the nominated ones, but it can be. Does anyone have it? I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm ready to, to go with. Like, yeah, go well, we'll let Adam go first yeah, since I've really been snubbing him this <laughs> 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, my pick, uh, which is not nominated, is Portrait of a Lady on Fire, a <laughs> French <laughs> film. Um, and you can actually uh, plop it in for like every category we've gone through. I think it's deserving of of direction, acting, uh, cinematography, editing. It just screenplay. It's just a beautiful film, a French film uh, directed by Celine Siama. Um, that has not yet opened in Rochester and hopefully will soon. Um, but it is just a beautiful romance that I loved so much. And I've seen it twice and I can't wait to see it again. And I love it and I want more people to see it because it's amazing. <laughs> and I, I, it is one that's scheduled to come to the little, although we, we don't have a release date, I think February sometime. Um, but it will be coming, which I think, uh, you know, the Rochester audience has been have been waiting for this one. So I, I, I think that's definitely exciting. So no one else, I don't think, it, well, maybe. I saw it. Yeah. It's so good. Like I say, and I should say uh, it did play uh, the Image Out Film Festival in October. Um, but I feel like not enough people. But coming for a regular there. run. I mean, yeah. it's one that, yeah, I think it deserves more than just, you know, one festival screening yeah Yeah. it's it's yeah Uh, adam had seen it and there's always that you know that fear about overhype and everything and so then when i finally got a chance to see it i was like oh yeah you weren't kidding i was like this is amazing that's so good winner of the adam congratulations (laughs) to portrait of a lady also should have been a contender for original song i'm just gonna toss that out absolutely should have been quick fascinating let's see side tangent here on this one (laughs) It, it has no score like, which what? is really, really interesting in it. It only has a very few. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the record and say I think four pieces of music in the say, entire yeah, has, film. It has wow. certain musical moments throughout that, but because there's no score, those mo- moments just stand out so much. Yeah. So yeah. when you see it, um, and there's a scene around a fire, um, and there's a choir who's singing, and that piece of music on the one hand feels very much like it's of the period and of the time, but also it kind of doesn't because it kind of slides upward in a THX sort of a <laughs> like sort of a thing. And it is original to the film composed by two composers who were trying to combine actual like sounds of the time in a very modern orchestrated way for for an, a choir without any musical backing behind them. Mm. So. so this is good marketing for when we do get the movies. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to extract your guys' thoughts <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, then, and then use them. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so what, when's the Jackie for Beth, Best um, Picture? Okay, so before I say anything, um, when is, hold on, when is the usual, like, when is the, when is the cutoff for movies to be considered? Or is there any cutoff for any movies to be considered? be considered for the Oscars. Well, for the Oscars, I I don't know exactly. I think it has to screen during a certain time. I, I think it's 2019. Calendar yeah. year. Um, yeah, calendar yeah, the calendar year. year. In the U.S., and by that I mean New York or L.A. So so it could be limited releases yeah. or, or something yeah. that will come in for Oscar mm-hmm. season. And then okay. We'll see a lot of movies that will then open wide in January in, in markets like Rochester. Okay, yeah. so Oscars 2020, Just Mercy. But anyway... Um, oh, yeah. but yeah, I that... just saw that. I mean, I've got to obviously see all the movies from 2020, but <laughs> since we're not there yet, um, it'll be next year's podcast. Yes, exactly. Next year's podcast. What a teaser. A year, a in teaser advance, year in advance. Yeah. And then see if I still, if that's still my, well, is it eligible? That I guess I, I technically for, for Oscar purposes, that was this year or 2019. That is when it would have been considered. <sighs> You know, <laughs> all right, fine. No, fine. And that got stuff. Oh man, seriously. Huge okay, 
So, all right. Well, we're gonna, just gonna go with uh, Just Mercy. Um, okay. Winner, winner of the Jackie. It's still Seriously. playing at the little, so I can I can use that. There you go. Um, <laughs> okay. So, like, I'd only heard of like vaguely heard of Brian Stevenson, and how I've been telling people about this movie is that it is very much a superhero movie. I've been telling them like. If you like superhero movies, you need to watch the story about a real-life superhero. Because to come from Harvard and, like, decide to go this route as far as um, defending those on death row who don't... And this is all... I mean, this is all in the trailer and everything. Or if you read up about Brian Stevenson. So he's a lawyer who defends those who are on death row who um, there's been evidence that has been found that they may have been innocent and also there's a lot of prejudice and and racism that plays a part with this but um i mean seriously i I felt like brian or michael b jordan his other than i think the last performance i saw of him that i thought was his oscar winning uh performance was fruitvale station Mm -hmm. um since then this was another one that i was just like if you guys don't recognize this man, because seriously, the way he plays it is just like with full heart and you really feel for him. And I mean, just just everything. The the score in this movie, Jamie Foxx's performance as well. Um, and I, I mean, and it's still happening. And the fact like the subject matter, the fact that it was in the 90s. I mean, that wasn't that long ago. Um, so, you know, when we were talking about subject or subjects around racism and everything like no guys like this is still prevalent and it's still happening and you know these are the stories and the fact that he's like been doing this for 30 years i mean like this is more backstory than the actual movie but in the movie it's so very well done um and like i kind of i just sat there in full awe like after like about maybe five minutes after the movie because I just couldn't believe it. Tim Blake Nelson also makes an appearance, and he, like, as soon as he steps on the screen, you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, this cast is just... He's in Watchmen, too. Yeah, and yeah. he's phenomenal. Um, And they're they're all really good. Yeah, but... Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm. Brie Larson. Yeah. That. I mean, I, well, that's that's why it's it's kind of odd that that was ignored with that. I mean, that's yeah, a lot of star power yeah. there. Rafe yeah. Spall. Like, I'm like, uh, yeah, it's just an incredible film. It's, it's very well done. The music in it was beautiful. Uh, the subject matter was just like, it, it'll rip you to shreds. Because, honestly, I was sitting there and I was full on crying. I'm glad there was only like five other, only five people because I went to like a late showing. There's only five other people in the theater, so I wasn't too concerned about like ugly crying. Um, and so, but yeah, it's just, I just can't believe that that did not get any nominations. And I wasn't sure of the cutoff because I was like, oh, maybe it's like for next year, but... You can give the Jackie to whoever you yeah. want. Like, we don't... I mean, I'm trying to go within, you know, <laughs> the lines, you know. Um, but um, yeah, that would been that would have been mine. Which is another reason I maybe you didn't see it the little, but doesn't matter because I have the audio of that you said. <laughs> I saw it the little. <laughs> but also... Another reason that I want to get little branded tissues at the little and, and hand out yes. this little because we have a, we have a lot of movies that make you cry. I needed that. I needed that for Manchester by the Sea. Oh my um, god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was devastating. That was oh my god. Yeah. So what wins the Matthew for best picture? What what is interesting to me? <laughs> uh, let, let me when I was born. <laughs> it all started. Oh, I'll give my I'll give my hot take after. 
after everyone's no, done. What? Yeah. Jackie and I have talked a little bit online about the fact that one of the reasons why I love talking about movies with Jackie and I love listening to Jackie talk about movies is, um, uh, is, is yeah. that you, you've mentioned about how much um, a strong message yes. is very, very important to you Absolutely. In, in a film and, and in a narrative. And um, it's not that I'm not here for that also, uh-huh. but sometimes what really, really sticks with me is something that very much washes over me like a dream Mm -hmm. and whether or not I fully understand it or whether or not I fully even like can comprehend what like the filmmaker is trying to say. Mm -hmm. So the lighthouse is my favorite film of the entire year um, because it to me feels like such a singular vision from the director and Robert Eggers. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and in that case, it it feels like both, oh, this is a fable that's been told before, but it's not. Like, Or it feels like, oh, this is based on an actual event. It's not. He's pulling from all of these weird New England, like, sea shanty mythos, and he's pulling from, like, diaries of wikis in lighthouses in New England, and he's like then injecting it with his own absolutely nonstop bananas sense of like weird homoeroticism and like weird mermaid like imagery. And then the actual cinematography in it is, is actually Oscar nominated in that case because he, you know, chose to shoot it in black and white just in what looks like the worst possible weather you could absolutely like shoot in. I say as a native Rochesterian who yeah. <laughs> knows bad weather. Ice storm. Yeah, yeah, like like just looks like miserable conditions. It's just it when it finished, I felt like I was awaking from the weirdest possible mm-hmm. nightmare slash intrigue that I'd ever had. And I feel like that's kind of what Eggers has put out with The Witch. And I feel like that thus far in only having two films like under you know his belt like he just puts out such a stylistically off-putting horror that's also beautiful at the same time it very much rings for me in all manner of it and Willem Dafoe and well, Robert Pattinson too but Willem Dafoe and he I won't say what the line is because I don't want to ruin the impact <laughs> of the surprise but he has a, a line that involves lobster that I think is one of the, <laughs> the best deliveries and it's just so funny um, it, it, that movie was oddly funny in just the way yeah. and it was like yeah. a descent into madness yep. it is like you said being you, you said you like movies that wash over you like a dream mm-hmm. like that was like some like fever dream like when you're sick you're the flu you're ill and it's just yeah. it's yeah. like what am I watching and I don't know and I don't think Robert Eggers quite knows either. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's Again, that is a movie I want people to make and people to see and to have more of. Yeah. that's And that's, it's one of those things where that, that for me just feels like something that I don't want to go like too on. I don't want to go down too much on this path. But like I don't need my movies to always be like high art or to be something mm-hmm. that like you know, could be put in a frame in the mag, you know, because like, listen, I loved Avengers Endgame as much as the next person. Like, it was a ball of fun. Like, <laughs> um, but like, sorry, Tony Stark. <laughs> um, but like, but like with that, like the lighthouse to me very much feels like someone who's operating at a level that like 
in combining the various aspects and disciplines of film is something as close to art as I think film tends to get to. So my my biggest disappointment of the year does come from something lighthouse related which was our podcast idea mm-hmm. we were going to go to an abandoned lighthouse <laughs> with a bottle of whiskey just get drunk and talk about the lighthouse in a lighthouse and we just logistically Listen, there's didn't work. still time. Well, we can still talk about the lighthouse. Now you're thinking Adam. Here we go. <laughs> we're leaving the studio. We're going to the lighthouse. <laughs> I think that's what that movie calls for, just to be in a really claustrophobic, too small room, just like one bottle of moonshine or some homemade liquor that could possibly be poison. Who knows? Yeah, who Um, knows? And and talk about the lighthouse. I'm here for it. (laughs) Jackie's like, no, thank you. You guys are on your own with that one. I will pass on that one. Anyway, I, I'm realizing the Scots don't. That doesn't sound as cool as like the Jackies or the Matthews or the the Adams. Well, the Adams kind of like similar to Scots. <laughs> <laughs> wow! 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 First, I don't disagree with you. I mean, the, the Scott is still the worst. The Scott is the worst on all of this. Uh, but Parasite. What, what if you the call Scott. them the Great Scots? <gasps> oh, Matt with the singers, man. Oh this is why. God. This is why we need Matt here on the little team. <laughs> To make me look less foolish. <laughs> Still going to look a little foolish, but less foolish. Uh, so anyway, the great Scott goes to Parasite, which I just, I, I didn't know what to expect from that. Um, Adam talked about it, and I, I think our last podcast, we were t- previewing movies coming in the in the summer and, and fall. Um, and, and you had said, Adam, to it's a movie that you don't want to know anything going in, mm-hmm. which is usually the case with a lot of movies. You don't want to know the plot details going in. But I didn't I had no idea what it was about. And it just went so many directions where it's funny. You're like, oh, this is like a kind of a caper. This is this is mm-hmm. fun. And then it goes in twists and turns and it gets horrifying and it's just ultra suspenseful. Uh, it just had it all. I thought it was a master filmmaker at the top of his game. Um, the acting um, didn't get recognized in the Oscars, although um, did um, in the uh, Screen Actor Guild Awards, mm-hmm. uh, which is Standing nice. ovation when they came out, which yeah. I hopefully is a good sign that yeah. people are, are pulling for that movie. I think people are. I mean, I, I started hearing about it in the summer when people are doing hashtag bong hive. And they're like, oh, Parasite <laughs> is amazing because it would start playing at festivals. Um, I wanted to get it out for Art House Theater Day, of course, not knowing how much of a, a phenom this movie would be and how big of a cultural, like, I, I mean, out of uh, Korean films, like, to do that well at the box office. And um, the first South Korean film to even be nominated for an Oscar, although I thought Burning last year should have been. Um, but despite all that, and it still has become, I think, the movie of the year from a talking point stand, uh, standpoint. And even if not everyone likes it, I'm looking at you, Matt. <laughs> I respect but, the heck out yeah. of it. So I support all of this. <laughs> Which that, I give. That was my feeling at the Lighthouse where I'm yeah. like, I, this is well done. I'm not crazy about it. Um, <laughs> but Parasite was one where I just I couldn't stop thinking about it afterward. I'm, and it, that was obviously as my job at The Little, I always tell people to go see our house mm-hmm. movies. But that was one where I'm like, no, you have to go see it. And I got a lot of people to see it. It worked. So, <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, I, and I think uh, being nominated for this many Oscars, including Best Pictures, it will. Um, and I, I think the reason we should root for it to win is so it comes back to The Little. And I can see it again at, at The Little <laughs> with my little popcorn. So that is the winner of the great Scott. Um, I think we're we're winding down. I I want to do a few Oscar predictions. Are you guys good to stick around for another five minutes? 
<laughs> an hour later, it's going to be. All right. <laughs> on. Okay, yeah. Jackie has her hot Oh, wait, wait. Take. No. Oh. We need Jackie's hot take. Okay. Okay. Give it to us. Right. Hot and take button. Is, yeah, seriously. So, with best picture, okay, could we get, I mean, there are there are a few, right, that I'm just like, oh, this is great. This is fantastic. But seriously, like, why, again, with, like, the boring, like, the the, the really boring sort of, like, Subject matter. I'm sorry. Like I saw, I saw. I didn't see this movie, but I did see the nomination, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Ford versus Ferrari. I'm sorry. I'm sure Matt Damon and Christian Bale did a great job. Whatever. However, it's a, it's a, it's a racing movie. Like, or, or like, it's like a, it's a car movie. Like, it seems cares? like a movie for for white suburban dads. Which I'm just like, who it's cares? Totally a dad movie. Like, okay. I, mean, I liked you. it, but it is totally a dad movie. I'm just like. <laughs> No, like we have we have all these other movies out there that could be important. Like in, I guess, like the past few years, we've had much more interesting stories and or like stories that, again, like going just off of like, like myself and my preferences for movies, but like ones that really had a message that were really saying this, like when you when awards as of lately have been known to have all these like really awesome speeches just about like positive social change and everything like that and political Mm -hmm. change as well like i feel like the art should match that too so to have something like we have we have little women who that speaks to quite a bit we have jojo rabbit um marriage story just talking about divorce like i feel like we haven't had that um really um so those of and parasite of course I'm like, okay, these are very interesting films. But then you have the either the either the cookie cutter sort of, you know, you have 1917. Of course, The Irishman got nominated. Not saying that, you know, it's not worth it. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like we're getting a lot of You the can same embrace stuff. the hot take and, and say it's not worth it. <laughs> it's just not worth it. Um, I'm sorry. But, like, there's so many more interesting films out there. And, again, like, for what award shows have become, I feel like – the art should match that, and it hasn't. I feel like the. Uh, I agree with you. Let me not. Yeah, <laughs> let me yeah, just, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. like, I feel. I feel like that. Uh, we often end up in the situation though, where the a lot has been said and written about the Oscars and what they represent and what they you know, and it's great. We I think we as movie fans love when the Oscar nominations bring attention to mm-hmm. films that people may have missed or maybe weren't even on their radar yeah. and they therefore get a chance to see. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there is an extremely long history of the Oscars either not awarding or even recognizing what ends up being the most iconic or even the most influential of films that come out during the year, especially when they are also therefore involving minority characters mm-hmm. or uh, films generally about minority mm-hmm. experiences um, because I feel like unfortunately the Oscars therefore on the one hand people accuse them of highlighting mm-hmm. too much oh obscure stuff like they don't you know reward like Batman or whatever this year it excluded yeah but like but I feel like but on the other hand like somehow it's a really weird thing and I feel like it's a weird like phenomenon in the process that they both there is an Oscar type movie archetype but then also they then become more mainstream, and then we don't end up seeing the far more 
necessarily independent, but the far more interesting or engrossing or even influential stories. Right. And not just that, but I feel like some of these some of these nominations come because they feel like, oh, we need to award him one or, you know, we didn't award her one just because she hasn't gotten one. I'm like, you know, Gary Oldman's performance as um, Winston Churchill, while great, there are so many other films that he's <laughs> okay. No, no, all right. No, a- a- Adam's Adam... hot take. Anyway, <laughs> he certainly didn't look like Gary Oldman. <laughs> I mean, okay, but if we're going to go off the makeup alone, that's to the makeup and hair people. Yeah, like not not the performance. A- Adam was very vocal all <laughs> that year about how much he didn't want Gary Oldman to win. I think <laughs> the, I think in the podcast say, archives. I didn't yeah, think but... it was that great a performance. <laughs> you know, no, that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. I felt like that with Leonardo DiCaprio's performance as well. I'm like, that's not to at least to me, that's not his best performance. Do you mean in the the Revenant or yeah. Once Upon a Time? Okay. In the Revenant, I'm like, again, great. But honestly, Tom Hardy stole the show every time. Like he was in a in a, in a scene with him for Revenant. I'm like, steals the show. Someone also reminded me of um in um. Is it? And he wasn't nominated for this, but just to go back to this, like Inception, mm. when he's in a scene with him again, he's playing opposite Tom Hardy, like, <laughs> like Tom Hardy, even though he has a small part, totally is the the one that you're paying attention to, not necessarily Absolutely. Leo. Yeah, totally. I mean, okay, <laughs> yes for that, but also, <laughs> but also because the performance. Is amazing. Yes. Don't make yeah. me admit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> feel like it's the performance. <laughs> I'm here for the performances. That's my hot take, though. I mean, I like these hot takes. We are, we are, we're full of it. Full of the vinegar here today. All right, well, we're going to give our best picture uh, predictions here. So the the uh, the nominated films, <laughs> Ford versus Ferrari. Um, I, I was hoping for someone to jump in and be like, that was my favorite. Um, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I haven't I seen it. Say it was a good movie. I, I think really I'll enjoy it. I was shocked how much I enjoyed it, but no, it's so, not my Ford favorite. versus Ferrari, <laughs> The Irishman, which I got to say was one that I appreciated but didn't love. So I, I really liked it. I haven't seen it. Jojo Rabbit, Joker. I- Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm going to toss out I'm going to be uh, throughout that I am lukewarm on Jojo Rabbit I know I am in the minority when it comes to a lot of people but it's fine that... I get it I get it I don't get I don't get uncut gems but I do get Jojo yes I finally just saw it and I was uh, sorry I finally just saw Jojo Rabbit and I was a little concerned about it because there had been a fair amount of hype and I finally yeah. just watched it within the last week um and there are few films in our house that um, result in the battle royale. Yeah, okay. like yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, and uh, Jojo Rabbit was one where we, I think, at the end of our discussion, we were both angry about it because I really, <laughs> I really liked it. So. <laughs> I also, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but, but I also, my thing was that I don't feel. I was like. It was a good movie. Yeah. And that was kind of the end. Like, I don't feel passionately about it. Oh, no. The the most See. the most bitter arguments you and I ever have about a film are when we're within a star of each other. Like, on a five-star scale, not on a ten-star scale. Like, literally, when, like, I'm at, like, a four and he's at a three or vice versa. Those are our – we have way more arguments about that than when one of us is, like, at a one and one's at a five. It's hysterical. I just imagine you looking at the rating and be like – Three stars. <laughs> oh, that's kind of how it starts. Yeah, kind of how it went. Like that seems a little low, right? 
<laughs> okay, y'all need to take a break from letterbox. Okay, I was just gonna say, I need to hide my letterbox. We do. I, we have a table between Adam and Matt here, so it's all right. There, <laughs> fisticuffs will not happen. The why that is what I love about movies though they're just so subjective like it'd yeah. be so boring if everyone had the same opinion yeah um, although I did tweet I was like except for Parasite that's the best <laughs> <laughs> and someone did respond at me it's I was okay. like ah whatever it's, it's, right. it's we fine recognize. we recognize yeah uh, so I forget what I was saying oh I was reading off the best picture one sorry Ford versus Ferrari Irishman Jojo Rabbit Joker I've not seen Joker uh, because to me. I love the Batman Batman growing up. I called him the Batman. The Batman. <laughs> I love the Batman. He's the Batman. Um, but Joker, it's like Mark Hamill and Batman the Animated Series. And, the best. And, yeah, and yeah. Heath Ledger. It's like those are the Joker. I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix is great, but I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say anything. But Joker is one. Uh, Little Women, which I like how those are right next to each other in the, the ballot. <laughs> Completely different. I love Little Women. Greta Gerwig, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Marriage Story, which I did like, although... Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't watch again right away. I don't know. It's a little your story that about divorce. It, yeah, it, yeah, it's harsh. Uh, 1917, which I liked a lot. Um, I, I like the the one take type mm-hmm. thing, and I know Adam, you'd said in your review in, in City Newspaper, uh, which you guys should read online, um, that you thought it was maybe it took you out of the experience. Yeah, some. I just. I felt like it kept me at a distance. Like, I kept thinking, like, ooh, ooh. that's so cool. How'd they do that? Instead of actually, like, getting engrossed in the oh, story. See, I was the exact opposite. Sorry. I didn't so was I. Like, it put me into it. But I, I but I was doing I was doing that. Like, how did they do that? Um, my 1917 take is I already told these guys, and I tweeted it um, late at night. So I think no one read it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would love to see a spinoff. And this could be an animated movie. This is the next year animated movie uh, of the rats in 1917. I feel there's a story there. And if you've seen it, I think you know what I'm talking about, that there's a story there. If you haven't seen it, you're like, I don't know. Maybe I should see it. Is it playing at the little theater? It is. It's a much more lighthearted version. just called All Rats. (laughs) (laughs) All Rats is a great title. Listen, I used up multiple puns earlier, so that's all I got left. I mean, there's still trauma in All Rats. I mean, oh, there's, absolutely. There's the whole, where they meet the, the human characters, and, and the human characters like, what are they doing down there? There's a lot going on. And and all the rats that are in the wall still watching that rat in yeah. that scene go, All Rats. <laughs> all Rats. <laughs> what catchphrase. I'm trying to think of who would, who would voice it. Maybe Adam Sandler, since, he has a, since he's making a comeback now. Check. He was like, "Oh my god, no!" Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood, which we didn't talk about a lot, um, (laughs) which was actually the uh, most popular movie at the Little this year. We had our 35 millimeter, um, and why? Which I liked a lot. I liked it. I did too. Um, So yeah, no, no hot take there. Although I am a little, um, (laughs) although I I, like Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese. uh, It's like okay, they've been nominated. I I would have liked to have seen Greta Gerwig, Lulu Wong. uh, I mean, just countless others. even the Olivia Wilde books are like something. Yeah, just, absolutely. I, I felt like there there could have been uh, something different there. And then the final one is Parasite. Uh, so who, who wants to go? Who wants to go with their predictions? So this is, um, you could do two. You could do what you think will win, and I know that's impossible and probably wrong, and what you want to win. Mm. Do you guys want me to go first? Doesn't matter. You're sure. Looking. I don't care. I mean, well, go for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Parasite will win. Just because I want to will it into existence. <laughs> I mean, maybe the, the Academy will surprise us. They do that. They did it with Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. They surprise us. Really Parasite. surprised us there. Uh-huh, very <laughs> much. Thought so. it was La La Land. Yeah. That, yeah. that was the only year 
since I've been paying attention to the Oscars, the film I wanted to win mm-hmm. actually won. Like, it's never happened mm. before or since. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that when, was one of the only years they actually got it right. They, <laughs> the actual best picture of that year won best picture at the Oscars. That hardly ever happens. But that year, somehow, a miracle. <laughs> it did. <laughs> so, Adam, what, what do you think? Uh, what, what's your pick? Best or one that you want and one that you think. I mean, I would say I I want Parasite to win, and I think I think it may have a shot just because yeah, seeing it at the the SAG Awards, seeing the response to that cast, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there is a lot of support, and I hope that you know tips it over. So I would love for that to happen. What I think is going to win, I have no idea. I feel like <laughs> like 1917 mm-hmm. is yeah. gonna. I feel like that. Just seems like the the movie they like. If that won, you'd be like, of course, it's like, yeah, of it's course. the yeah. Oscar it's a, it's a movie. Yeah. yeah, and it won the Golden Globe for best pic- motion yeah. picture in the drama category. Yeah, it just won. I think the like the producers yeah. guild awards. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but again, that's not. We're, we're <laughs> gonna like, do. A... We're bored with this. Like, honestly, <laughs> if, you can, if you can hear it in our voices when we do our yeah. post Oscar podcast, nineteen seventy, which I I don't know, I liked, but I liked, but it's, it, again, it's that cookie cutter sort of. Yeah, of course, a war story is going to win. Mm, right. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's in the formula. Yeah, Jackie. What, what do you think will win, and what do you want to win? Okay, so I think 1917 is going to win. Would I, what I want to win? That's the, yeah, <laughs> that's the question. Um, like, I would love. Okay, so I would love if Parasite won. Um, I would also love if they kind of turned around and said Little Women. Like, if you're not going to give Greta Gerwig, <laughs> if you're not going to give Greta Gerwig like uh, an acknowledgement for Best Director, like, okay. I would be like, oh, I'd, I'd be okay with them giving Little Women Best Picture, even though I honestly don't think it was Best Picture. Like, I don't think it's Best Picture, but if they gave it, if they gave the Oscar to Little Women, I'd be like, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like Parasite, um, I don't think I don't think Jojo Rabbit is even like on the list of like top, you know, three as far as Best Picture goes. But I'd be good with either either one of those. Honestly, but yeah, I hope I hope Parasite wins. We're looking forward to your tweets, Oscar night. Either way. <laughs> oh yeah, the yeah. So um, it's at Jackie underscore McGriff. Um, for all those who are listening. Um, and yeah, if you want to see a crazy person, um, <laughs> live tweet during the Oscars. Yeah. Um, please, please follow me. Sold. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, Matt. What is uh, what? What do you think will win? What do you want to win? feel like i'm mostly echoing the rest of the rest of the class in that um i as a non-oscar pundit feel like 1917 is probably going to win as the safe choice mm-hmm. um but i also would uh would love it if little women won um i think that again it's people aren't showing enough credit to how difficult it is to take a oft adapted historical you know, piece of media and reinvigorate it and give new life to it and make it just as relevant and just as meaningful, like in today's day and age. But technically, despite like my own personal not on my top 10 list, like would I love if Parasite won? Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. I could, I would be very, very happy about that for all the reasons we talked about. Like one, everybody else loves it. So again, it's just me. Like, <laughs> but also it's a case of, um, just from like a just from the aspect that 
I think that a film doesn't need to be just nominated in international film or just an animated film. Mm -hmm. Um, I think absolutely those are eligible, as they should be, for Best Picture of the Year. Similarly, documentaries. I would love to see, like, has a doc been nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars? I can't think of one. Like, it's, it's possible that there's somewhere deep in the archives, but, like... Absolutely, a doc should also be eligible. Like so I'm going to just uh, toss out there that I loved that this year, uh, Honeyland was nominated for documentary and international feature, which yes. hardly ever happens, but was super awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. So that's a case of again, like, uh, you know, I would be overjoyed if Parasite won picture. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that would be such a great mark about the Oscars turning a point. Not for just token diversity, but like would be turning a point for saying best picture of the year can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. can be anything, yeah. anywhere in the world. Like it can be featuring, you know, casts that are, you know, A-list movie stars in Hollywood or complete unknowns mm-hmm. or anything. I just, I think it would be great. Yeah. I uh, think I think it's worth celebrating. This is a Movies in a Microphone epilogue, the first in our somewhat brief podcast history. It turns out our studio at WXXI has a recording time limit. As you can probably gather, we love to talk. And well, we went over that limit. Here's a recap of what you missed. I said a bunch of super funny things. There was a 20-minute conversation about how funny and awesome I am. Avid listener Tom Hanks joined us and we made some best picture guesses. Thanks to my amazing guests, Jackie, Adam, and Matt. Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break.